Welcome back, pod people. Today I don't have a guest because this is a very special episode of Invasion of the Pod People. It is my birthday and it is also the one year anniversary, approximately, of when I started this podcast. And so I wanted to take a moment to talk about uh, what I've done so far, what I'm going to be doing in the future, and then have the first annual Slimy Awards Award Show, where I'll be giving out uh, a bunch of different awards for all the different movies that I've interviewed people about in the past year. Invasion of the Pod People started out as a promotional tool for my horror mystery role-playing game, Fear of the Unknown, available now at feareoftheunknownrpg.com. But I discovered that I actually love interviewing people, and then when a number of my guests complimented me and told me that it was a really enjoyable interview, I thought, man, I think I just want to do this as the only thing that I do with this podcast. Yeah, I've discovered a, a love of interviewing. I really, really enjoy it, and I want to keep doing it, and I want to talk to a bunch of different film directors. I have a few on my wish list that I'm going to try to reach out to in the coming year, and I'm going to look forward to discovering a bunch of new independent horror filmmakers. If you are an indie horror filmmaker and you would like to be interviewed, please reach out to me. The email for this podcast is invasion of the pod people podcast at gmail.com. I recognize that that's really long, but all of the good short email addresses are already taken. Once again, that's invasion of the pod people podcast at gmail.com. If you are a filmmaker and you would like to be interviewed, please do reach out to me. As an artist, I've grown a great deal over the past year, and I'm really happy about that. I, when I started this podcast, I had no intention of making my own movies, but then numerous different guests encouraged me to, and so I did. I participated in the 72-hour Kick-Ass Film Festival, where I made The Tryout, which is a short coming-of-age movie that I shot, uh, that I wrote and shot and uh, edited in 72 hours and somebody else did the music and which I'm very grateful for and I uh, was going to have other act more experienced actors act in it but they all got sick on the day of recording and so I had to play the main character and the result is not great uh, but since then I got together with Chris Doobie who I interviewed about Paper City Burnout as well as several other local actors here in Pueblo, Colorado and we shot another short film called You Gonna Pay For That? It's a slash stick film which is to say a slapstick horror comedy that's particularly gory and I've submitted it to a number of different film festivals so if it happens to show up in a film festival near you please go and see it, and if not, I'll put it on YouTube at some point. I'm very happy with how it turned out, and I look forward to creating more short films and eventually feature films, and I wouldn't be doing any of that if it wasn't for all of the amazing conversations I've had with other filmmakers here on this podcast in the past year. So thank you to all of my guests. Thank you very much. I have spoken with not only a number of people I've admired the works of uh, for a long time, but also a bunch of people that I had never heard of until I saw their movie and thought, this is really good. I want to talk with them about this. And even several people reached out directly to me saying, hey, 
I made a movie, would you like to see it? And then if you like it, would you like to talk about it? And so far I have liked 100% of the movies that people reached out to me to get me to watch. So I'm very happy about that. Oh yeah, one last thing about you're gonna pay for that. Uh, Lloyd Kaufman in my interview with him said that it's a must see and that was before he'd even watched it. <laughs> He's gonna see it at some point and uh, then I'll hopefully get an even better quote, assuming that he likes it, but I think he's gonna like it. How the podcast has changed. It used to have a variety of different episodes. I started out with sort of a scattershot approach, a bunch of different episodes, all horror related, but like I did a Let's Rank a Bunch of Evil Dolls movie. Uh, and I did a number of Let's Plays. I might do a few actual plays of Fear of the Unknown in the future, but there aren't any scheduled and it's not going to be a priority. I'm done with all of the scattershot things like Let's Rank a Bunch of Evil Doll movies or Here are the Best Deaths in Horror Movies. Uh, and instead, I'm going to be focusing entirely on interviews going forward. Last year, I tried to do one interview a month and ended up doing slightly more than that. This coming year, uh, from July 2023 to July 2024, I'm going to try to do two interviews a month that are going to go live on the first and third Friday of the month. And let's see if I can meet that and hopefully even exceed it. There's some pretty exciting interviews coming up in August. I'll give you a hint about one of them. It's a very famous, very disturbing, underground film that has August in the name. So if you know what I'm talking about, you've got a treat to look forward to there. I talk about I talk about that film with its director as well as about his most recent film, which is very different and also very enjoyable. Without further ado, let's get into the first annual Slimy Awards. This is a series of awards that I am giving out based entirely on my own subjective preferences, going to all the different people that I've interviewed in the past year. I'm awarding the awards to films, not to individuals. And although I am going to send the physical award to the individuals who uh, said that they would like one. The award is a small jar of slime with uh, the name of the award that they've received in it. I attempted to go for more interesting award categories rather than just, you know, best actor, best picture, that sort of thing, because I always find the more unusual categories more entertaining. So first up, the movie that I'm saddest I lost contact with the creators of is there's only one nominee in this category. It's Dog Soldiers. Brian Patrick O'Toole, if you are listening to this, send me an email. We used to chat a lot, and then you quit all social media, and now I don't have a way of contacting with you anymore. Next up is the most inspiring movie. This is the movie that most, when I watched it, made me think, man, I could make a movie. The nominees here are One Time in the Woods, Paris Hell, Dawn of the Friend, and Tapehead. And the winner is Dawn of the Friend. While all of these movies were inspiring in terms of their uh, low budget or no budget, go let's make a movie together with just uh, people I know and skills that I've picked up. Dawn of the Friend, being made here in Pueblo, Colorado, is the one that most made me relate to the people making it and go, wow. I could make this movie. I could make a movie that I want to make. And so that was the most inspiring movie that I watched in the past year. 
that I then interviewed people about. For the next category, it's the monster that I most want to see again. And the nominees here are the werewolves from Dog Soldiers and Tapehead from Tapehead. And the winner is Tapehead. And I'm in luck because I have actually already gotten to see Tapehead come back in The Return of Jacob Cobb, the feature-length Tapehead film, which is available now. I recommend buying it. You can get it on DVD or digital download. And uh, they're planning on doing a VHS release at some point, so that's something to look forward to. That's going to be that's going to be the ideal way to watch it. The next category is best use of a tiny cast. When making a low-budget independent film, one of your biggest expenses, if you're paying your actors, is going to be your actors. And so, if you can get a script and direction that works really well with a small number of actors. That is really going to help you make your low-budget film. And so now we have Tapehead, once again, Dawn of the Friend, and Blackpool. And the winner is Blackpool. This is one of the most tense and exciting thrillers that I've seen in quite some time. And the fact that it has, I think, three actors and almost all of the movie is just two of them is quite an accomplishment. So congratulations to Blackpool. Next up is Best Film Noir. The nominees are once again Blackpool and then also Paper City Burnout. And the winner is Paper City Burnout. I had a tough time deciding between these two, but I ended up going with Paper City Burnout because the the thing that really pushed it over the line to me and made it really iconically film noir was that narration at the beginning, the establishment of this sort of dying town and the criminal actions of the people in it. Uh, it's a really great modern film noir. Definitely check it out. Next up is creepiest lone antagonist who pursues our heroes the nominees here are the minor from valentine bluffs and the guest from guest and if we were going with the original my bloody valentine it might be a little closer but as it is i'm i've just got to give it to the guest from guest it's an incredibly creepy design an incredibly well done performance i'm really looking forward to the sequel Next up is the best small town. We've got, uh, well, honestly, I forget the name of the small town from Paper City Burnout, but it's the, the Paper City of the title. We've got Pueblo, Colorado from Dawn of the Friend, and we've got Valentine Bluffs from Valentine Bluffs. And the winner is Valentine Bluffs. Already established as one of the most iconic small towns in horror history in the original My Bloody Valentine, the return of Valentine Bluffs in the fan-made sequel that bears its name uh, continues to show not only the same town, but the evolution of that town, which is one of the most interesting things in the movie to me, showing how its economy has sort of collapsed as time's go gone by with the collapse of the mine, and how people are trying to bring the economy back by trying to bring in tourism, but are coming into conflict, conflict with their neighbors because of 
the conflicting desires to bring in more money versus to maintain the character of the town, which is something that I found uh, really realistic and intriguing and well done. And it's got Lloyd Kaufman as the mayor. Next up is the best Lovecraft adaptation. And the nominees here are The King in Yellow and The Call of Cthulhu. Technically, King in Yellow is a Robert Chambers book, uh, not a Lovecraft book, but it is a Lovecraftian cosmic horror uh, story. So I think it counts. And besides, it doesn't actually really matter because the winner is the Call of Cthulhu. Call of Cthulhu is a great short story and was ad adapted in an incredible way that really makes it seem like it could have been made at the time. The use of black and white film and the stop motion uh, animation for Cthulhu himself is very well done. And I think that uh, it's just absolutely fantastic, well worth watching. If you're a fan of black and white silent films, this is the best one made in the past half century, in my opinion. Next up is the best period piece. Again, we have Call of Cthulhu as a nominee, and the other one is Lackadaisy. And the winner is Lackadaisy. Lackadaisy is an incredibly well-researched, precisely animated, uh, very specifically made short film that will hopefully turn into an ongoing animated series that is set in Prohibition-era St. Louis, and all of the historical details in it are either completely accurate or were changed for very specific and intentional reasons, and so it takes the crown as the best period piece. Next up is the best kaiju battle, where a kaiju is a giant monster. Our nominees here are Call of Cthulhu and Crabs. And this time, I've got to give it to Crabs. While the battle with Cthulhu by ramming it with the boat is iconic, I have to give it to Crabs for a few reasons. The first is that they used suitmation, which is to say a person inside of a suit to represent the giant monsters, which is my favorite way of representing giant monsters. And the second is that in Call of Cthulhu, it's a giant monster versus a boat. And in Crabs, it's two giant monsters, or a giant monster and a sort of giant robot, which is, a robot is a kind of a monster. And so uh, more of that, please. Let's get that back uh, in Crabs too, hopefully. Next up is a category of film that I had never thought about before making this podcast, and now it turns out that I've end up watching a lot of these. It is Best Thriller Set in a Single Room. The nominees are Black Pool and Solid Rock Trust, and the winner is Solid Rock Trust. This was a really tense heist movie that did an incredible job of sort of locking us into one character's perspective and showing us everything uh, that this coordinator can see and hear, which is very limited compared to the sort of omniscient viewpoint that we normally get in film. And I think it worked really well. Uh, I, If you keep listening to this show in August, that one episode that I just teased a little while ago, the new... Uh, film from that creator is another thriller set in a single room. And so I look forward to continuing to watch this interesting little genre, micro genre of film.
Next up is best fight scene. And there are so many fight scenes in both of these nominees that it's hard for me to pick out a single one. The two nominees are Dog Soldiers and Challenge of Five Gauntlets. And the winner is Challenge of Five Gauntlets. The gauntlets in question are five different fights, and they're all really interesting, really well choreographed, and really distinctive. And they do the thing that, in my opinion, is most important for a fight scene in a film, which is that it characterizes the people fighting by the way in which they fight. It's really well done. Len Kabasinski has always been a great martial artist, and now he, over time, he has grown into becoming a great action choreographer and filmmaker, and his new stuff is really good. I definitely recommend checking out all of his films, but especially his newer work, and of his newer work, especially Challenge of Five Gauntlets. Next up, the best scene of someone being killed by something you really wouldn't expect them to be killed by. The nominees are Jacob Cobb being killed by a bunch of VHS tapes in Tapehead, and anyone getting impaled by a carousel unicorn in Carousel. And the winner is Carousel. I really enjoyed both of these, but I especially enjoyed Carousel because I had seen out-of-context clips of Carousel before I watched the movie, and I thought, that doesn't look like it really works like that. I don't think this is going to work in a story. That's the kind of thing that's just a funny joke. It's not actually going to, you know, tell an emotional story, propel character development, anything like that, because it's, it's too wacky. But then I watched it in context and I couldn't have been more wrong. It was a surprisingly touchy film, especially the second one. Uh, and it just works really well. There's some great shots of people getting killed by a carousel unicorn. The next one, the closest to a traditional uh, film award category that we're doing is best directorial premiere. That is to say, the best film where this is somebody's first film. The nominees are The Tryout, the short film that I made for the 72-hour Kick-Ass Film Festival, and The King in Yellow. And the winner is The King in Yellow. While this movie definitely has its technical flaws, most notably several shots are out of focus, the storytelling ability is clearly there. The inventiveness of, of the director and the use of things like color is really engaging, and I'm really excited to see where Noah Bunyan goes with uh, his next film. So congratulations, Noah, on your winner win for Best Directorial Premiere with The King in Yellow. Now the second to last award. This is a special award that only has one nominee. This is the Life Slime Achievement Award for uh, a lifetime of contributing slime and films of questionable quality to the American uh, cinematic canon. There's only one person that I've interviewed and the episode just went live recently, so you can tell why I waited to post this one. There's only one possible winner for the first annual Slimy Awards Life Slime Achievement Award, Boyd Kaufman, co-founder of Troma, the world's longest-running independent film studio. 
although we didn't focus much on it in the actual interview, simply because he's talked about it so much, there really isn't a lot new that we could have said. The Toxic Avenger is one of the classic trashy, schlocky movies of all time. And really, I feel like those name, th those adjectives that I just said are, if anything, too denigrating. This is a genuinely, extremely enjoyable movie. It teaches, it's it's arguable. I, I considered nominating it for uh, most inspiring, but it's just the fact that I had seen it before the past year that I felt like it shouldn't qualify. And so, uh, if, if I had included it, it would have won. It's the most inspiring film I've ever seen in terms of actually making you look at it and go, wow, this is a really entertaining movie that I could make. Uh, in his book, Make Your Own Damn Movie, which I highly recommend, Lloyd talks about how uh, to make a movie like The Toxic Avenger. You could also check out All I Need to Know About Filmmaking I Learned from The Toxic Avenger, which is also very good. And in my movie, you're going to pay for that. I copied one of the special effects techniques directly from the Toxic Avenger, which is explained how to do it in those books, which is a head crush using a cantaloupe uh, as in place of the head. Um, it doesn't work quite as well in my movie as it does in Lloyd's, but it's still very entertaining, and I definitely think you'll get a kick out of it. If you've never seen The Toxic Avenger and you like the kind of movies that I talk about on this show, you should definitely go and see it. It's a very entertaining, horrifying at times, hilarious at times, absolutely worth watching. And that brings us to the final award of the evening, the equivalent of Best Picture in the Slimy Awards, and that is, of course, Best Use of Slime. There was a lot of slime in the different movies that I watched this year, and two of them really stood out to me as being incredibly gross and well done, and those are Guts and One Time in the Woods which were actually a lot of uh, overlap in the creative crew on both of those. And so <laughs> the award would be going to the same people pretty much uh, regardless, but I'm going to have to give it to One Time in the Woods. Uh, One Time in the Woods is incredibly disgusting and horrifying and also very funny. It has a face-melting scene. Those always get to me. And you can watch it right now on Shudder as part of Scare Package, which is an anthology film. Uh, One Time in the Woods is super creepy, super gross, and super funny. Definitely, definitely worth a watch. The slime that they used in both of those shorts is called Ultra Slime. It is a powder that becomes an incredibly viscous, incredibly sticky slime when mixed with water that is apparently almost impossible to clean off of anything. So don't use it unless you know what you're doing. Practice before you make a movie with it. All of the winners of this who have agreed to uh, tell me where to mail it will be getting an award. Uh, rather than making a statuette or a plaque, I am going to be sending them a small vial of slime. I hope you get a kick out of having that on your shelves. And if you've been listening to this and would like to win your own vial of slime next year, then I 
strongly encourage any filmmaker listening to this who works in independent, low-budget films, even if you're not making horror movies, whatever genre of movie you're making, please reach out to me. My email address is invasion of the pod people podcast at gmail.com. Uh, I'm going to be putting that email in the description of the podcast, which you can see on Spotify and I assume also on Apple Music and the other places that people listen to this podcast. Thank you for an incredible year of movies and conversation, and I look forward to having even more uh, wonderful, wonderful interviews with some incredible independent filmmakers in the coming year. Thank you for listening.